Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we have a Thrifters Villa Q&A for you. We love these episodes. It's so fun to sit back and answer your questions from our community. Yeah, these questions came in from our Patreon group, and this episode will be split up into two parts. Yes, everybody. We're chatty on a normal day and we have like 20 questions. So we have lots of questions, which is always fun, but we're going to split it up this time. All right. Part one. Here we go. We'll see you at the table. Yeah, I do love Q&As. I just think they're fun and people get to know you a little differently because we can talk all day long about stuff, but I feel like I don't know. These other questions are juicier. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just funny to hear what people are interested in, you know, because sometimes we like are talking about the same thing over and over and then to mm-hmm. hear, um, to hear what people are asking is fun. So why don't we just dive right in with question number one from Liz? Yes. Uh, what made you decide to do YouTube and what did you wish you knew when you started doing YouTube? Hmm. That's a great question. That's a good question. Who want, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Yeah, go. Okay. Go, sure. So what made me want to do YouTube? I always wanted to do YouTube from when I first started watching YouTube in 2005. I just, 2004, 2005, it's been a long time since I've been watching YouTube <laughs> and uh, I just never knew what I wanted to do, I guess, because all the content that I watch is usually um, beauty gurus or fashion bloggers, that kind of stuff. And um, those are all very difficult markets to get into and like build your way up, but they was, they're just heavily saturated. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started reselling, I wanted to do a YouTube, but I was a little hesitant about it because um, there are a lot of resellers that do it, but also I think I didn't want to just be like a traditional reseller YouTube channel. I wanted to be more of an informational and more of a teacher, I guess, which is just yep. who I am by trade. Yep. So that's why I started. And I found my way, I think, a little bit more on YouTube where I'm focusing more on like the real, real and showing people what I'm thrifting for myself and like showing my personal closet stuff. And I feel like that's the content that's really taking off on my channel. And uh, I, I mean, I've only been doing YouTube for a year and a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, for reselling purposes. So it's been fun to kind of learn my way. I, I would say the one thing that I wish I I knew when I first started was, I guess, not to be so hyper-focused on what everyone else is doing, which you can tell yourself that a hundred times over, but you can't help it because you want to grow like everyone else that you're watching. You want to get monetized and all this kind of stuff. I think yeah. once I stopped caring so much about what was happening around me in the reselling community in terms of YouTube and just focused on what my audience really likes and what is driving people to my channel and giving me the subscribers and the watch hours. That's where I really started to grow. Um, and it's a good place mm-hmm. to be. I mean, mentally everything, it just, it, it makes YouTube more fun. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been really fun to watch you come into your own and like mm-hmm. kind of figure out what makes you tick on YouTube, you know, and what you enjoy. I mean, I think it's really important to put out content that you enjoy because I fully believe that that um, comes through to your viewers. Yeah. And to yourself. I mean, YouTube is a lot of work. So if you're not enjoying doing what you do on YouTube, it's going to, it's, it's an uphill battle anyways. And if you don't enjoy it, then it can really be challenging. Yeah. And I just think there's a lot of dynamics to YouTube. There's a lot of personalities and, 
you're opening yourself up to a lot of criticism. You're opening yourself up to just a lot. There's just people have a lot of opinions and that's just the way it is. That's the decision you make when you go on YouTube. You never know what kind of comments going to come flying at you <laughs> or someone's going to comment on your hair or whatever it is, right? Um, but your hair looks really cute right now. <laughs> but yeah, I just think not not caring so much about what everyone else was doing and just really focusing on what I wanted to, to focus on from the beginning instead of, but whatever, it's a learning experience. It's fine. Yeah, no, and I think that applies to everything. I think that can apply to your reselling business. I can, I think that can apply to your relationships in life to like, you know, if you're kind of walking to your own beat, um, I feel like a lot of doors will open for you. And if, yep. if you're chasing your tail and you're trying to be someone you're not, or try to fit into a mold, um, that either you create in your own brain or you think yep. other people want, I mean, that's, that's when the, the struggle becomes, you know, can be very overwhelming. So. Yes. Yeah. Your turn. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I guess. All right. So I think I like you am a pretty visual learner. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that at one point I, you know, the reselling part was, you know, I started in August. Actually, this is three years. This is kind of just right around my three-year anniversary. Um, and then I started YouTube six months later in January. And I just decided one day to go for it. I honestly had no agenda. And I've said this before. That was the beauty of how I started on YouTube. Yeah. I had no preconceived notions. I wasn't, I mean, I've watched people. I definitely admired a lot of other people, but I never really thought about like, what's everybody else doing? I was just like, I mean, everybody was doing calls and that's what I enjoyed. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, that's what I wanted to share. Um, and, and that was really it. I think, um, I don't know what I would do differently. I would hold my camera differently if I were to do it all over again. <laughs> From video my, number one. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I filmed my whole first video vertically cause I had no idea and mm -hmm. people were still sweet about it. And, um, I, I, I honestly don't know what I would change. Um, I wish I knew, I mean, I wish I knew more about editing when I started. I think that would have made my journey a lot easier. I really struggled with a lot. Like I was very confident in front of the camera. I mean, not very confident, but that wasn't my problem. My problem was editing. My problem was how the hell do I upload this video? Yeah. Um, because I, unlike you, wasn't a big YouTube person. I didn't yeah. watch a ton of YouTube. I saw YouTube through the eyes of my children who said, no one watches TV anymore, mom, everything's on YouTube. And I was like, you're wrong. Like <laughs> I'm going to go watch something on channel five and talk yeah. to you. Later. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, it just, for me, I just enjoy it. And I never really thought much because I hear you talk a lot about like making it like an educational channel or whatnot. And I am a teacher by trade like you. Um, somewhere in my, it feels like so long ago, but, um, I just kind of, I'm more about storytelling. I mm -hmm. think as I have evolved, I've kind of gotten a little bit away from like the technical stuff because I'm not a really technical person. Yeah. And those videos weren't that much fun for me. Um, sometimes I'll share them. Like I last January, I did like a, what I made in 2019 mm -hmm. or 2020. And it was in 2020. And like, I'm like, oh, that was, I, I don't love that video. I wish yeah. I didn't do it. Not because I'm not, I share, 
I, there's nothing I really hold back. It's not about that. It was just like, that wasn't really my vibe. And I think Thrift Across New England definitely tapped into something for me as far as storytelling and bringing people to different places. And I feel like that is the direction my channel's going in. I just really enjoy it. So I, I am more about sharing my journey. And if people happen to learn something along the way, then that's a win for me. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. We're just kind of moving forward every day, but um, yeah, that was it. Yeah. I think- I, there was no really deep thing for how I started. I just kind of <laughs> decided to do it. Yeah, I think for me, well, the education piece is really important too. I also like vlogs and I like, like what you do. I do like that. Um, I just don't have the same time, right? To do that kind of stuff. My time is pretty limited to do that kind of stuff. My vlog would be more so like, hey, let's walk around my closet and let's organize something. You know what I mean? Like I just- I'd get um, into that. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking like when we move, like I could do an entire series on creating my office with Thrifted furniture and like thrifted decor and like kind of tap into a different market on YouTube Mm -hmm. um which I found when I did my when I've been doing my thrifted wardrobe I I'm reaching a different audience Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the most fun part about YouTube is reaching those different people and growing your channel that way and then kind of getting them into the thrifting and reselling part of it by accident yeah which is kind of fun. fun Yeah, that is really fun. And I generally, I I do like the professional straightforward videos like that Mm -hmm. I, that I do learn from, but I always love learning about people, Mm -hmm. you know, which is why, and and I walk a fine line between how much I really want to share. Well, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I share a lot, but um, some people like I would never show my children. I would never say where they went to school. And I've second guessed myself on some of that stuff um, that I have shared but on the same token, um, I feel like I feel more connected to people when I share a little yeah. bit about me. So it's it's a balance act for me because I'm definitely an oversharer. So I have to dial it back a little bit because of the platform I'm on. Um, but yeah, I, I think that those that content, like getting to know the person. And then I think my ultimate goal on YouTube is for people to just enjoy my content, even for me. And whether or not I was talking about reselling or not, I know that that's not the case, but I think that's, that's why somebody like Emma Chamberlain can, you know, have a, an SEO of like 10 (laughs) score. And I mean, her, her titles weekly, this like, are like haunted. Right. Um, Right. It's like. Like, five words if the most people are there to watch emma they're not they don't care what she has to, you know what i mean but like i i think that as your channel grows more and more people are hopefully coming for you and for your content and i think that that's what you're finding is you're sharing more about yourself in the vlog style and your journey at home and i think that will be great yeah. um well, my friend Rafaela, who I just visited in Pittsburgh, she she's not on YouTube, but she just started a separate Instagram, Instagram with the journey of her house. That's also going to be her work warehouse. So it's in that same light, you know what I mean? And I'm super excited to see that journey and everybody loves a good makeover. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. like people that do van life YouTube videos or Instagram, it's like Instagram's dedicated to van life. It's fascinating. Let's move on to the next question. (laughs) All right. Next question is from Danielle and she asks us why reselling? How long did it take to get into the groove? What do you like most about being Italian? Well, I mean, Danielle's (laughs) Italian, so. (laughs) I love it. 
Um, so this is a three-part question. Why reselling? Um, you can go first, Lori. Then I'll, unless you want me to go first, it doesn't matter. Um, why reselling? Because I love it. I am an addicted shopper and always have been. I love the hunt. Um, I think that's why reselling for me, it's about the hunt. Um, I, I kind of had like a collector's mentality. I'm ashamed to say that I was like hunting for beanie babies at one point in my life. And I wasn't a child and, <laughs> and it was never really about the beanie babies. It was about the hunt. And I feel like that's what reselling comes down to for me. Like, and that's also why I feel like I wouldn't be the best person at liquidation in pallets yeah. because I really enjoy the excitement of what could be around the next corner. Um, how long did it take me to get into a groove? I, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> Say Lori's not in a groove yet. What are you talking about? I'm still work. I'm still trying to get into a groove. Um, it, it takes some time. It takes some yeah. time. Uh, I, I don't know if I can put an exact number uh, because fashion changes so quickly. Um, I just think it's experience. experience. I just feel like the more you are, are involved in reselling or any profession doesn't have to be reselling. And the more that you do something over and over again, you kind of create your own rhythm and your own schedule and your own everything and doesn't have to match everyone else's. So I just, and then it changes. Like as soon as you think you have something, something else happens and then. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's part of just being like a business owner and, you know, being with the times, but no, I, I think you're right. I think experience, like we now know, like if we look at a pair of high rise made well jeans, Mm -hmm. we know that's a good pickup. And Mm -hmm. even if we see this, the same exact style and it's from express and really cute and will probably sell eventually and is actually really good quality. Like if I was comparing those two, three years ago, maybe I would know the difference, maybe not, you know what I mean? And now Mm -hmm. it's just experience and someone else may have great experience selling those express because maybe that's what they find. You know what I mean? And and that's why all of our closets look so When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply different because we're drawn to different items. We have experience with different pieces. We pick up different pieces. We sell at different price points and we use all of that prior knowledge to move forward. And that's kind of what shapes us. And we're all going off into our own little niches and directions within reselling. So even under the reselling umbrella, it's so broad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think for me, why reselling is I've always re did reselling without knowing it from when I was really young from when I was 16 years old I was flipping my cell phone to buy a new cell phone flipping handbag to buy a new handbag um I always did it but back then it was different I did Craigslist <laughs> you know that's just what we did that in or I did do eBay but Craigslist was easy meet someone in person which was super re- weird back then but you met in a local place they right. gave you cash you gave them the item and that was it Have you know day Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And then Amazon um, was starting to kind of come around. And I mean, it was there already, but it was for books. And when I was in college, that's what I used. I used Amazon to sell my books. So I've always used reselling platforms. So for Mm -hmm. me, it was just easy to make it a more official thing to make money to 
pay off things and have an yeah. extra stream of income. And it's just kind of evolved since then, you know, it, it's become an actual business and everything, but um, m- you know, my why is one, I enjoy it <laughs> and I like yeah, to shop. And mm-hmm. two is it's just an extra stream of income that um, instead of me trying to, and this sounds awful, but like, instead of me trying to fight for promotions at work all the time, I'm content with where I am right now and the pay that I have because of my reselling. Mm. Not that I don't want to continue to grow at work because I do, but um, it comes a point where it's like, all right, I know it's not going to happen right now, maybe in a few years, but I know I have reselling to back me up and all these other business ventures that I'm in to create that extra stream of income where that promotion is not so heavy on my mind and stressing me out the same way as if, if reselling wasn't there, I probably would be looking for another job. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, no, I think that's a great point. I don't know that you've ever made that point on yeah, the um, no, podcast, <laughs> but it, it, it's also because, um, you know, reselling, you're the master of your own destiny mm-hmm. too. So if somebody's not going to give you a promotion that you likely deserve, you can be like, well, fine, I'll just hustle this weekend and I'll make an extra few hundred dollars because I have this skill set and I have in, you know, I know how to make money this way yeah. and it's all in my control. I mean, yeah. to an extent, sometimes an extent. the buyers aren't there, even if we're having like a really, even if we're working really hard, um, but, but over long term, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it does work out that way. And, and that makes you happier at work too, because yeah. Absolutely. It's not the end all be all. All your eggs are not in that basket. Right. And I think that's something that I, you know, when, when people, even people that I work with are like, you know, is it really worth it to work all of these hours and whatever, when I could go, you know, maybe I'll get a second job. And, you know, I always say to them, well, I just sell things online and I do it on my own time. And they're like, oh, you know, and I, and a few people that I work with have started doing it. And I actually have one um, coworker that I'm very friendly with and she started doing handmade stuff and she's always done it and sold it frozen. like little, oh no, I'm frozen. Am I still frozen? You were frozen for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> Talking oh. about your coworker. Oh yeah. So my coworker started doing um, handmade items, but she's always made them and sold them at like fairs and stuff like that. But now she's opening up an Etsy store and mm-hmm. um, she's going to sell some stuff on Poshmark too. So, you know, like, and she said the same thing, like, why keep fighting to get to that next step, next step, like, you know, and stress yourself out like that um, when, you know, it, it's difficult right now uh, for budget reasons and whatnot, when I could make money my own way and supplement in a way that a promotion would, you know, it'd be equal to that promotion. So yeah. it's just always a good way to think about yeah. it too. If, you, if you're good at something that can make you money, try it. I know that that's, I, I do feel very lucky that I, I, what I do every day is something that I love. And I, I've always said between YouTube and reselling, I feel like everything I've ever done in my life. Um, cause I, I did eBay, um, on and off. I've been on eBay for over 20 years. So I've done it on and off. Um, and I was a teacher and I've always loved to bargain hunt and I'm a shopper and I was a personal shopper at American girl. And I feel like everything's just kind of led me to this, Mm -hmm. to where I am now. And the beauty also of reselling is it can be a retirement job. You can do it from anywhere you can. and, And even if you don't have access to good thrift stores, you can become an online person, you know, where you're flipping Mm -hmm. stuff online and, um, and yeah, there are just so many possibilities and go in so many different directions. So it's, it's a nice skill to, to take with you. And things always come full circle. So my, my first trip to the thrift store was to buy books for my preschool classroom. 
I had never mm-hmm. done anything in Savers besides go to Savers to pick up um, books and like random toys and stuff to fill my preschool classroom with keyboards, like all those like actual things that you would want to give a student. That's when I first started going to Savers, not for clothes. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Also, uh, favorite part of being Italian is just the culture. Yeah. Just think about it. Just yeah. the culture. <laughs> I love everything about being Italian. <laughs> and then Danielle also asked, what's your favorite meal or favorite dish to make? Um, we love these personal questions. This is this is tough because I just love food in general. <laughs> I mean, I, it, since we're, I mean, let's go with Italian food. I th- do you think that that's what she means? Because it was yeah, right probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a bolognese is always something. It's an easy go to thing. Make a nice sauce with some fresh mm-hmm. tomatoes and some ground meat. Top of some pasta. Super simple. Yum. That's like an easy go to. Don't think about it. Yeah. Um, I do like a good bolognese, uh, but I have to go with chicken piccata. Oh, that's good too. Some we yummy just, This is going to turn into a, um, uh, a food, yes. food episode. In fact, we, we went to Pittsburgh and when I got back from Pittsburgh, my mom's like, what do you want? Cause she's lovely. And she always has like a meal waiting mm-hmm. for us when we get home and we've been traveling. Cause she watches the dogs and, um, I'm like, oh, mom, you made piccata last week and it was so good. I, and, and I'm always like, don't cook but I wouldn't be sad if there was, but I really out. want this. <laughs> <laughs> and she did, she had it waiting. And I was like, Oh my God, I love you. And we like, it did not see the light of day. Also tomato mozzarella, cucumber salad in the summer. That's oh, I mean, that's a, staple. that's, that's a staple in the summertime with some cut up dry sausage. garden, pick, pick, pick. <laughs> yep. Cut up some dry sausage, a little mozzarella, glass oh. of wine. Good to go. <laughs> good Lord. It's red wine season, Daniela. Yes, too. It is. So excited. Yes. This is when we transition from tiki drinks to red wine. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. Great questions. All right. Sylvia asked, do you ever have, do you ever have, have you a ever. day that you just want to close your closet and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Ah, good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say when I had a lot going on in my life, the last like year, year and a half, um, yeah, there were times where I was like, why am I just don't have the capacity to do this? Like, why am I still doing it? I don't have the time. Um, I never actually shut anything down and I just didn't work. That's basically all that I did. I just didn't work on anything. Um, but I don't think I could actually bring myself to shutting down my closet because I, this is something like we just said previously that I, that you can do forever. Yeah. You know, and it could be, you could transition. It could go from clothes to something, to hard goods, to books, to whatever. That's a cool thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I can see why someone could feel that way. I can absolutely see it. But I I also think if, if people aren't getting the results they want, you know, and I think that's the slippery slope when you first get started, if you, Mm -hmm. and, and there is, I started three years ago. I feel like there is. 30 times more information out there now than even yeah. three years ago. Yeah. And so I can see it be, I, I get the question all the time. Like, can you be a successful reseller if you're not on YouTube? And I'm like, yes, yes. you don't need you'll to be, be on social media. <laughs> you'll be way more successful. Like I've been, you know, taking my Amazon courses and people, the numbers that people are making, it's, mm-hmm. it, it blows. They make more money than me than I make in a year, literally in a week. Yes, <laughs> it's not joking. And they they are so far from freaking social media. In fact, if you're on Amazon, you hate social media. You don't want anybody talking about what's selling for you. And um, 
So yeah, that, that, that wasn't the question she asked, but I feel sad that people even think that because yeah. gosh, my reselling business would be more successful if it had a hundred percent of my focus. Yeah, but that's not, what, that's not where I want my, I mean, I want, I don't, you know, I'm not looking to have a, you know, to make $300,000 a year. I, I like where I'm at, you know, but to answer the question from my, to, from my standpoint is um, sometimes I feel a little weird only because. I have been a stay-at-home mom all these years. I am 48. I, I don't have to do this. And like tonight's a good example. It's a Sunday night. We're recording at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the podcast is like, mm-hmm. you know, rain and dollar bills or anything, <laughs> but we love it. And, you know, we, you know, like we enjoy our conversations, but sometimes I'm like, not this specifically, but just yeah. in general with yep. reselling, like why? why do I keep, but I, I do it because I love it, you know, and, right. and that, like why am I stressing why. out about this? Why am I spending, why am I stressed out? Like, you know, I, I don't have to do this, you know, and some people, I think it's stressed for the opposite reason. Like I do have to do this and that makes it stressful and it makes it feel like work and it makes me not want to do it. I feel like sometimes, um, and I don't take this lightly. I know that's a, that's a, a, a gift and a luxury in my life that I, I don't have to do this, but, um, but sometimes it also makes me feel kind of weird. Like when I unplug sometimes, or I go away and I'm not refreshing and looking at things, life can be kind of peaceful and nice and I can do whatever I want. And then I'm yeah. like, and there's this thing that I've, that I've been growing and I really love it. And I keep going back to it. So um, I've, I've never gotten to that point with frustration. I have felt that way about Amazon. I have felt that way yeah. about cross posting and spreading myself really thin yeah. for the same reason. Like if I'm not like doing this because I need to make X amount of dollars, then why don't I just stay in my cushy little Poshmark and YouTube comfort zone and do right. nothing else. That is when I question myself. It's all the other stuff that makes me wonder why am I doing this? Cause those two things, I feel like I kind of have down. Yeah. I feel the same way about eBay and like putting my eggs in other reselling platforms minus the real, real, because I have that down. But like, sometimes I'm like, why don't I even have an eBay store? Like I end up deleting half the things that I even cross post on there. So why do I even have Vendu? Like, why do I even pay for these things when? Uh, exactly. And a lot of people think, why do I do Poshmark who are eBay people and they see their posh, it, you know, wherever you're giving the love is yep. what's going to grow. Right. And I feel yep. like I naturally give my love to YouTube and yep. Poshmark. You naturally give it to Poshmark, the real, real, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And YouTube mm-hmm. as well. But like, yeah, so those, those are the questions I ask myself reselling in general, not so much, but how, how much I spread myself yeah. I question a lot. And I think if you are having those questions and, you know, you are having that question, like, why am I doing this? And should I just shut down my closet or my store? Evaluate what it is that's making you feel that way. Is it because you're not having the sales that you'd like to have? Maybe it's the, you know, you need to reevaluate things that you're picking up and what you're sourcing and what you're listing has, does it have to do with your SEO? Like there's so many different variables that could be contributing to that. So I think just like having an honest conversation with yourself, but are you listing things on too many platforms and you can't focus your time on any of them? You're just all over the place. So I think just having the honest conversation is the best way to go with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Sylvia also asked her to go to a yeah. dish, which we've already <laughs> talked about, but everyone yeah. wants to know our food. I don't Maybe know that my need- go-to is chicken piccata. I think it's, I think it's one of my favorites. I mean, we make sauce and meatballs all the time in Yonkies. Like that's like, yeah. that's what we do in our sleep around yeah, here. That's like a, 
you know, we don't think twice about stuff like that, but like a go-to, like even the chicken parm is an easy go-to thing to make. If sauce is already ready, that's easy. Yeah. To make a but it's not parm. the sauce. The sauce is usually ready and like in the freezer. If you, yeah, make, it's already ready to go. It's not a question. I hate frying in the kitchen. So chicken parm <laughs> is always back for me. I have a friend who has a chicken cutlet business. She's a really good friend. She's Italian. Ooh. She makes the best cutlets in the world. And she has a real foul mouth and it's Kim's clucking awesome chi- uh, chicken cutlets or something I like Oh my God, they're fantastic. And she, she makes them every Tuesday and uh, she, and she knows like, I'm like, bang those suckers really thin for me, Kim. Like I like my cutlets. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really thin. Yep. And then she puts like a ton of like Parmesan and Romano on top <laughs> as she like layers them. I mean, I just like, I, I just take, I don't put them with anything. I just yeah. like. Eat and he has him in his lunch the next day. He, that's what he wants. He's like, order cutlets from Kim. First day of school is Wednesday. That's what I want to eat. Italian bread or some Italian bread. Cut those cutlets, pop them in. I'm good to go. I that's love he it. He's such a little Italian boy. I that's love what it. He wants for his school lunch. <laughs> you know when a child's Italian, raised Italian, when that's what they want for their lunch, or they want a nice, like, salami cheese cabogoyu type sandwich, right? Like, they just, that's what they want. They really want a nice... Italian sandwich. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah. We're going to have to do like a Lori and Daniela recipe book or something. People want to know what we're eating. Seriously, we should. <laughs> we should do a collab. A Maybe on lifestyle YouTube channel. We should cook yes. one day. Yes, that's actually a really good idea. We'll jot it down. Write that one down. Don't forget it. That'd be really fun. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Moving on to Bridget's question. This is far into the future, but do you think you would ever retire from reselling? Well, this is a common theme here. At this point, I'm planning to make it my retirement career. Yeah, I think, um, I don't think I'll ever retire from reselling. I think I'll always do it. It would just, whatever I'm selling might change. If this doesn't give me joy what I'm doing right now, then maybe it'll evolve into something else as time goes on. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I have like wired my, huh? No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. We keep glitching out a little bit. Um, I feel like I've now wired my brain that I don't think I could move forward in my life without reselling something. Yeah. Like I can't go anywhere without wondering what the value is of something, wondering what I could flip it for, it's so wondering what it's awful. It's terrible. Um, so like you said, I can, I can see myself getting into hard goods or exploring in something, you know, some people go into textiles, some people get into jewelry, like yeah. there's just so much. Um, so no, I can see myself scaling back. I feel like I'm already, I have more inventory than I want to have right now. So I can see having a more, hello puppy, having a more curated closet at some point and scaling back and shifting gears a little bit. Yeah. But I, I don't, I, this is also my retirement career wherever right. I end up. Right. Yeah. I, I am far from retirement, but <laughs> when the time were to come, this is like the perfect retirement job and I like it. So it's why perfect. Not? And actually, to be honest, like I have a lot of my viewers on YouTube are like 55 and older. I mean, I mm-hmm. think it makes up like 25% of my viewers. Um, 
and it's, I love the stories of people who, you know, I just yeah. retired and this is what I started to do and everybody has their own little niche and it's really great. And there is room for everybody. I and mean, it's I growing. It's it is growing, growing so much. Where selling is growing and the um, amount of people who are comfortable buying secondhand is growing. The, I, you know, people embracing sustainable fashion is growing. It's, it's, it's all going in that direction. So I think this business is going to be booming for a while. I agree. Next question is also from Bridget and it is, did you ever have to take a forced break from reselling and what did you learn from that? So yes, I have had to take forced breaks from reselling due to health or um, family members health. And what I learned from it was, um, Hmm. It's, not the end of the world if you stop and if anything sometimes you really need that break and that like mental refresher basically to kind of come back and um be in a better place and maybe be a little more proactive and just have a better rhythm with everything um when it comes to sourcing i take sourcing breaks all the time i don't necessarily take like reselling breaks but i take sourcing breaks because to me, sourcing can be extremely time consuming and overwhelming and just can kind of make that like reselling magic fizzle a little bit because it can be so much when you have a lot going on. Um, So I definitely do that when I feel like I just have too much going on. I just work with what I have and call it a day. Um, Or if I need to be using these funds for things that are more important (laughs) than sourcing, then that's just what it is. Um, so I definitely take those type of breaks. I think it's healthy to take breaks from anything, no matter what it is that you're doing to kind of shift gears a little bit and focus on something else in the business or a hobby. Um, cause I think that's good to do too. If this isn't your main source of income and you can afford to kind of stray a little bit and maybe focus on reading a book every night or, or something like that, um, knitting, whatever it may be. I think it's good just for mental health purposes. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Daniela. And I think oftentimes when you can step away from anything, if it's, mm-hmm. A relationship, you're not sure if, if it's going the direction you want it, if it's, you know, reselling or whatever, if you take a step back, you can maybe realize what you miss about it, what you can let go of and whatnot. It's, it's interesting to hear you say that, um, you know, sourcing is like the for, first thing you take a break from, because yeah. I am probably in the camp that when I am like stressed or overwhelmed, like sourcing is my therapy in a sense. And I know it's yours too, but it like is. I, I can see it for me, like for me, my challenge is always getting the, the inventory down a little bit because there's always a lot coming in. Um, but that adds stress to my plate. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, like oversourcing and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that that's smart to take a break from that. I think everybody can benefit from a sourcing break because then you really just free yourself with so much time to look at other parts of your business. And yeah. Even to just look at your inventory that you currently have and decide, what am I even doing with all this stuff? Yeah. Like that's typically what I end up doing. If I've gone sourcing every day for two weeks, that's never happened, but let's say it's what I did. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just sitting with these piles of things. It gets to the point where you've sourced so much that you don't even, first of all, you don't remember what it is that you even mm-hmm. have. And secondly, you don't have that same like desire or drive for certain items anymore. And then you're like, why did I even get you? Like you've been sitting there. 
Yes. You know, yeah. and I've gotten to the point now I'm like, don't pick up a blazer, Laura, you have 10 in your inventory that haven't moved or whatever. Um, I say in my most recent video in Pittsburgh, I'm like going through the jeans and filming and, and I'm like doing my voiceover. I'm like, I've picked up so many jeans lately. I have no idea why I'm looking at them right now in this, mm-hmm. like in this moment, as I'm watching myself, look at these jeans. I'm like, Lori, step away from the denim. Yeah, like, why are you here? Yeah. Well, because like somewhere in my brain, I'm like, oh, it's back to school. And I've bought like t- a ton of denim and I've bought denim retail arbitrage and I've been sourcing denim in thrift stores and wherever I go, denim, denim, denim. And then I'm like, Stop. same. Like, you should you see know? my denim pile enough, Daniela. <laughs> enough. It's um, selling, but not that much. <laughs> right. Yes. So um, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat on that. Um, I mean, you do take a forced reselling, not so much reselling break, but sourcing break and that's in February. So you do do that for yourself. Oh yes, absolutely. And yeah. that every year is essential for me. Like I, I don't think I'll ever not do thriftless February. Like I need it in my life because I'm not yeah. that disciplined. I literally need to mark the calendar. <laughs> Be like, Which you just did before this episode. Wait, what's going on in your life? I need to write this down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I need to know when things are happening. Um, um, is anyone else in your family interested in reselling or doing reselling? How are those in your household involved in your reselling business? Mm, good question. Questions. Um, so my husband, Matt, is kind of interested in reselling to an, um but more so on the Amazon side like not what I do he has no interest in what I do mm-hmm. um but I think when it comes to Amazon he is interested in that but I in order for him to do it I would probably have to sit down and like take the Amazon course with him because he's that kind of person where like if I do it with him it'll give him that push to kind of keep going then once he's right. in it like he's in it and he's good, good. Mm-hmm. where I'm the opposite I'm like I can do it by myself. Like, I don't need anyone to, to help me kind of thing. But um, I mean, I would be interested in learning it, but it's not something that I necessarily think I, I would personally want to do. But if that's something that he wants to do, like, by all means, I-, I Funny enough, Jay has helped me with my Amazon. I, I don't I feel know. like it's a guy thing. It's just easier yeah. for them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Jay is like, a, um, he thinks very linear. And yes. uh, so he mm-hmm. is like, okay, we have all these things. They need to go out. They need to be shipped to the warehouse. Let's ship them. Let's get them in the boxes. Let's weigh them. I'm like, but wait, there's a bolo over here. I want to buy more. He's yeah. like, nope, let's get oh, these wait, out of the house. <laughs> yeah, so thank God for Jay. Uh, no one in my house is really interested. Um, unfortunately, mm. I think I have like, I've been too much with them and they've gone the other direction. They appreciate it now. I will say like, Angie's like, was talking the other day. She's like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a thrifted wedding dress? I'm like, hell yes, that would be. Yes. Can we do that? (laughs) So wonderful. I'm so glad. Is there anything else I need to know, Angie? Why are you talking about thrifted wedding dresses? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But um, I think she thinks a little bit differently now. Like I noticed when she's looking for something, she'll say, can you find this for me on Poshmark? Like she just messaged me yesterday. I never bought a rain jacket to school. Do I have a rain jacket at school? And if at home, and if I don't, can you, can you get one on Poshmark and just ship it to, to my apartment? So like, they definitely think secondhand first yeah, now, yeah. which is wonderful. And then other times they're like, mom, I just need a damn pair of pants. Can you just buy them? Do we have to look on seven different thrifted <laughs> sites before you pull the trigger? Just get me a pair of pants. This is the color I want. This is the size I want. It can be done in 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
I think if anybody's interested, it's probably Rocco. Rocco has a little bit of it in him. Like he has a massive Lego collection. He's yeah. also a sneakerhead. Uh, he just doesn't have the follow through at this stage in the game. So he, well, he's still a baby. So he's a, he, he has an eye for it. He um, will run comps for me. Like he's, he's the most interested of the three. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Um, yeah. My sister... Not has no interest in selling, but we'll take things that I find for her. That's where she's at. I told her because I, because she's unemployed right now. We're in the process of trying to find her another full-time job. It's very hard. So if anyone's looking for a graphic designer out there, think of my sister. Hmm. Um, but, uh, so when we go, when I go anywhere, I go to Plato's, wherever I go, right. Any consignment store, savers, and I find something in her size, I'll send it to her and be like, Hey, I found these. You want them? You want me to bring them home to you? She accepts it now. Before she was like, no, I'll just buy it myself and I'll buy it new because that's right, the mentality. And uh, yeah. now I've basically built up her shoe collection with all thrifted things that I found for her. And um, she's starting to buy athletic wear that's secondhand and stuff. So it's awesome. Her. Yeah, I think it, her. it's really once people allow themselves to be open-minded to, mm-hmm. to shopping secondhand, the possibilities are endless. We just just before we started recording tonight, it was my aunt's 70th birthday. Yep. She's she's a real hot ticket. Like she showed up to a birthday party with like her long gray hair on the back of a Harley. Um, with oh her my new God. <laughs> she's been it. married three times. This like, she's got this new man. He's love. And um, <laughs> she's my dad's younger sister. And she's just, she's my godmother. And she's just always been a hoot. So funny. And uh her daughter, who's my cousin, obviously, uh, we were talking and she's, we were waiting. Oh, so her birthday party was on top of Mount, Mount Wachusett Mountain. So oh. we were all waiting there to say surprise to oh her, like at the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, such, it was so simple and it was so cool. Like it was her grandchildren, yeah. her children. Um, so there were about 15 or 20 of us there. She was on the Harley with her boyfriend at 70 oh and she gets God. to the top of Mount Wachusett and we're all like surprised. And she's like, oh my gosh. Like, and I said to my cousins, this is the best birthday. Like this yes. was so it didn't last very long. They popped yep. the trunk. They had, they had anisec cookies, of course, in the back of the trunk. <laughs> my aunt Kitty was there. She made her anisec cookies. You know, we, it was great. My cousin, when she popped her trunk said, oh my God, I just went to American Eagle. She had two bags with like probably six pairs of pants, some denim, She's like, these were 60 and it was buy one, get one half off. So two pairs of American Eagle, $90 times probably, I think she had three pairs for her daughter, three pairs for her son. So we're talking 90, 90, 90, $270 in these two little bags, American Eagle, which like we toss back at the bins because we find so much of it. I mean, I pick up a lot, but I toss a lot back. Yeah. And when I told her, she's like, oh my God, well, this is what my daughter wears, like shredded up and size 10. And I'm like, all right, I'll keep my eyes open. Can, can find those for you. No problem. <laughs> he was thrilled, but yeah. So, um, family's definitely interested. Yeah. They're coming yeah. along. 
All right, we're going to do um, two more questions and then we're going to stop the episode there and then we'll do, we'll, you'll get part okay. two next week. Don't you worry. Um, so the next one is what's your elevator pitch when someone asks you about reselling? How do you tend to explain it in a few sentences? Did you hear me there? I'm just going to read that one more time because you glitched out on me. So I'm not sure okay. if, um, I'm not sure if it's my side, it could be. So I don't know. Well, it, it could be here too. It doesn't I'm matter. not sure, but just in case the, um, yeah. our listeners didn't hear it. What's your elevator pitch when someone asks you about reselling? How do you tend to explain it in a few sentences? Um, I don't know if I have an elevator pitch about reselling. Well, I feel like my elevator pitch is like my opening on my YouTube videos. Yeah, this is true. I, yeah, like, yeah. Um, what do I say? Welcome to Lori's where Thursday's new back. I'm, I'm a full-time reseller on Poshmark and on eBay. And I share my, and I share my journey on reselling here on YouTube. Like, yep. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's it. <laughs> and then I pick up thrifted items and I flip them for a profit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically you in a nutshell, right? I know people ask me sometimes, you know, like, what is it that I, that I do is my, cause I say like, I have a side business, side hustle, whatever. And they'll ask me, I'm like, oh, well, I go to thrift stores and I buy things and I flip them online. I sell things online, predominantly clothing and shoes and handbags. And they're like, oh, how long have you been doing that? Basically my entire life. <laughs> like <laughs> since I was a kid. So <laughs> You know, and so I don't really have an elevator pitch. And I guess I've never been ashamed, not that anyone is ashamed to really, I guess some people are hesitant to tell people like I'm a reseller because it used to hold a mm-hmm. bigger stigma, I think, than it does now. Um, I just tell people flat out like, yeah, I buy things that are really low cost and I sell them online and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Um, and that's kind of it. That, that's, yeah. that's all I say. Yeah. Fun, fun. How do you not get tempted to do any reselling tasks during your workday, Daniela? Um, I don't really think about reselling too much while I'm at work because I don't really have time to think about it. But when I do have my breaks during the day, I do go on my phone. I do look at my Poshmark and all that kind of stuff. You know, I definitely do that. Or I go to thrift store on my break. I mean, it's never a, like completely off and out of my mind when I have those moments where I can kind of escape then that's obviously my escape or right or YouTube is my escape oh what's the analytics say today how many new subscribers do I have today you know like all that kind of stuff but um I I can see people that work from home having a difficult time separating reselling and your work from home Mm -hmm. um because you're in the same space theoretically and it's easy to kind of switch back and forth between work and reselling because it's you're doing everything online um so I, I can see how people struggle with that if they were work from home but they wanted to work on their reselling business while they're supposed to be working on their full-time job I can see where that can yeah be. that can be tricky yeah. uh Daniela tell us about your new house oh <laughs> um <laughs> So I will do a video eventually once we move in. We're not moving in for like another month. So, um, but it is a lovely home in an area that Matt and I really wanted to be in. And um, it's in the neighborhood that we want. It's in the um, school district that we want. It's the elementary school that we want. So it's everything that we wanted the last- All the boxes. It's beautiful. Yeah, the last like five years that we've said, okay, we definitely don't want to negotiate on this, right? Like all those little things. Um, we basically have it all in this house. We have all the bedrooms we want, the bathrooms we want. I mean, there's like obviously cosmetic things that everyone always wants to change. Um, yeah. But 
it's wonderful. And I have my own space to do reselling. Oh That's the most so exciting, exciting part. For you. You're going to, you're going to just, it's going to be great. Love it. You're going to love <laughs> it so much. And I always say when people like, oh, there's a lot of cosmetic stuff. I, I, when we were looking to buy this house, we looked at a couple new construction and I say all the time, even if it's a brand new house, you're still mm-hmm. going to want to make it your own. Mm-hmm. So even if everything's done for you and it's brand new, that almost makes it more difficult because you'll you'll go in and you'll be like, well, I kind of wanted to change this, but I've already spent all this money. Yeah, like, exactly. I think it's really fun to have something that, you know, you can mm-hmm. just make your own over time and take your time with. And yeah, and this will be nice. I mean, it was only the people that sold it to us. Have owned, they're the only ones who ever lived in the house. So they're the original owners. They built the house. So there's a lot of love in that house. Um, they shared some stories with us and stuff. So uh, it will be fun to make it our own. It's just going to take time because it just is. There's just, you know, we're going to go in yeah, and we're going to live life, in it. Babe, it's going to be, be, it's beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. it, okay. just as it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so you. let's end it here. On a high note, on the new house that we'll have in the next month. That sounds good. good. And we will be back next week with part two of this episode. We have lots more questions that we can answer for you guys. And um, yeah, we hope. Thank you you for all of these questions to everybody in our Patreon group. And thank you to everybody who has joined. Um, It's been really fun. We had like a last, last week's episode was chosen by our Patreons and it's been fun to- did absolutely amazing. That episode, you guys must really like pricing strategies because it like took off from day one. So thank you to everyone who listened. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Oh gosh. Now I feel guilty because I- I hope I, I hope I was like helpful in that. No, I, feel like I think we all- should do a part two. I think we should definitely do a pr- pricing strategy part two. Maybe we'll focus on like a really specific aspect of pricing structures. Who knows? We'll think about it, but you guys seem to really like that. So yeah. Good, 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 good. See more ideas generated from people. It's, it's oh, so yeah. helpful. Well, it's right, really, I'm, uh-huh. I was going to say, it's really I'm the going- listeners that drive everything. <laughs> exactly. We appreciate it. Um, I was what I'm trying to say is that I'm going to watch Dexter season four. Uh, Dexter's like a little dark, but um, it's oh, so good. It's amazing. It's so well done. And they filmed the reboot is 10 years later, Dexter yep. in real time, 10 yep. years later. And um, they filmed in my, at the high school. Oh, um, one of the local high schools. And we drove by and there were like all these white tents and we're like, what is going on? And they were filming Dexter. Um, so, and I think it's coming out September, October. So I'm like motivated now to like revisit. I'm watching the season with Jonathan Lithgow yeah, and um, it's awesome. So I'm going to try to get in one episode before Jay falls asleep. <laughs> I love that. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful week. See ya. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villas Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.